live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. What's cracking? Welcome to the program. My name is Jim Rome. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So what's so funny? What am I laughing at already? The pep talk I got from Rit. Look who's on the board. Game if on. you're watching on CBS Sports Network, check out the other side of the glass. Alvy is off. That is me. If you're watching on TV, but in Alvy's seat is none other than Rit. And Alvy generally will say, show open, live read. Not Rit. Rit's like, let's get it. Let's do it. Game on. Dude, all you have to do is get that airplane up in the air, keep it up there for three hours, get that thing back down on the ground, and that's all I need from you. But then again, you know Rit. That's not what Rit does. That's not the Rit lifestyle. He will do whatever he wants and what he thinks will make it better. Now, thankfully, we all know it's going to make it worse. We've seen this movie, Rit. We live this movie. You know what, dude? Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. It's on you. Now, you have to deal with any consequences. However, I'm not going to say to you, don't do it. Because I know you will. So that's how that looks. That's just Monday. Where Alvin is, I really don't know. I don't know if he's out on Halloween, dressing up like himself, like a little kid, going door to door. I don't know if he's procreating. I, I don't know. Alvin can do whatever the hell he wants, obviously. So he's not here. And if you look at the other side of the glass... You see Tommy and the jack-of-all-trades, Cindy, is in the back row. So we have got a full show for you. I just want you to know if it sounds a little bit different, it might have something to do with the fact that Rit has moved to the front row. With that in mind, I will start you off with the telephone number. Damn right. That's how I roll. That is. He's at it already. 1-800-636-8686. Toll free. He's already got all of his drops lined up, like Ridiculous. in a line. Bam, bam, bam. All right, so the first hour is open, open phones. I've got two interviews coming up. Hit me up first on the phones, 1-800-636-8686. Follow me on Twitter, at Jim Rome. Social media, all platforms, at Jim Rome. And email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. Top of the second hour, I've got an NFL, and NBA insider for the score, Jordan Schultz. 1040, Najee Harris, Stewart's running back. Tough day for them, right? So we will talk to Najee Harris at 1040. Third hour is wide open. So again, I would encourage you to call 1-800-636-8686. James Kelly trying to pipe in. I'm going to block him. You're blocked, dude. You're blocked. I can't see what you're telling me. Although he had a weekend, yo. In fact, I'm going to block you from communicating with me online, but I may put you on the air. All right, boss, whatever. Block! Block! Just be ready for it, head. He had a big weekend on Jim Rum's Big Head Bets. And, by the way, one game is still live. We did make a pick on tonight's game, Bengals-Brown, so it's not too late to listen to that podcast and get our last pick. All right, with that in mind, it is Monday. I want to kick off our weekly whip around by wishing everybody a very happy Halloween. Yeah, well, you know I don't mean everybody when I say everybody. Happy Halloween to all the children. Happy Halloween to all the kids out there. I hope that the baggy adults running around in costumes, making it all about themselves, do not ruin it for you kids. Hopefully. Unhappy Halloween to all the full-grown weirdos dressed as kids out there today. Especially if you're still in the workplace. 
physically, and you came to work in a costume. Having gotten that out of the way, no, I'm not going to do a full take on that. I've done that for too many years. It's not changing anything, apparently. If you are an adult and you're in a costume, you're a loser. How's that? It's a kid's holiday. All right, moving on to pro football. I'll never forget one day when I was feeling really, really strongly about that. And I went hard, hard. And I still feel really strongly about that. Not as strongly, but still strongly. But one year, I went ham on that take. And Dodger Jano says, yeah, well, we're going to go out trick-or-treating. But before we do so, and luckily, and luckily, one kid is out of the house and the other kid has a baseball game tonight. And even then, I wouldn't be trick-or-treating with my senior in high school. However, we went really hard one night, and I did on the show, and I had to go over to none other than Chris Pronger's house. Pronger lived in the neighborhood. And Dr. Jano says, yeah, we're going to the Prongers. You know Pronger, Chris Pronger. Very intimidating dude, 6'5". Luckily, at his home, he was not walking around in skates because on ice skates, he was like seven feet tall. He answers the door fully in garb, full Halloween outfit. I'm like, great. I'm going to have to drop gloves with Pronger. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to the show. Anyway, what up, CP? Hope you're well. So, moving on to pro football. Why don't we start with yesterday's best game? A battle between bitter divisional rivals. A battle for first place. And a game that literally nobody had circled on their calendars. Of course, I'm talking about the Falcons and the Panthers. Seriously, though, that turned out to be a classic. Well, a classic bleep show. Because the Falcons had this game dead to rights. Have we ever said that before about them? They had a six-point lead with 23 seconds left. Carolina still had 62 yards to drive to potentially tie and or win it. In other words, that game was already over. Over. It's okay, Rick. Don't worry about it. Usually that's a sign for the buzzer. Yeah, I don't know, boss. That's not one of my drops. Hey, there you go, Red. Red's like, I'm on my drops, not yours. Not a very good call. Anyway, the game was over until this happened. Walker remains in the gun, drops back, rolls to his left. He's flushed, airs it deep downfield for DJ Moore. Behind his man, Moore caught the ball. DJ Moore caught the ball. Touchdown, Carolina. This is amazing. There's a, is that a flag? It might be unsportsmanlike. At the end of the play, you think? DJ Moore. Wow. What an unreal finish. <laughs> now you still got to make the extra point, which exactly. may have gotten just harder. Exactly right. Panthers radio. All of that was true. And I hate to do this to the ATL. Yeah, by the way, I like the Falcons. They're, they're kind of interesting. In fact, they're very interesting. So I hate to do this, but holy crap, fail clowns. Fail clowns. I thought we'd gotten beyond that. But in Hail Mary situations, I don't know. And far be it for me to say anything about an Arthur Smith coach team. I love the guy. I really do. But in Hail Mary situations, I don't know. Maybe you want to consider covering their best player when he runs a straight line right to the end zone because you have to go 62 yards in well under a minute. Yeah, I know. Crazy idea. Unfortunately, failing to do so equals... Peak fail clowns. However, Atlanta fan, 
actually got to see a different ending this time because in the chaos of that celebration, yes, DJ Moore ripped his helmet off. And yes, that, of course, was an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Even if there was nothing unsportsmanlike about it. Listen, I can't kill this dude after he made that play. I can definitely kill what I consider a lame-ass rule, a lame-ass penalty. It was the right call, but the wrong penalty, because that shouldn't be a penalty. You find me one person on this planet who is not some old-as-dirt, crusty-ass owner who's got a problem with that display of emotion after a guy just made one of the greatest plays of his entire career. Not long after dropping one that looked like it might kill them. This dude just caught a literal miracle out of the sky. And it was a ball that no less an authority than Patrick Mahomes said was the best thrown ball the entire year. Mahomes? There you go, Britt. Way to go. Bravo. Golf clap, Britt. Yes, this guy was ripping off his bonnet to let everybody know who just made what appeared to be the game-winning score. It was an amazing play. Or as he called it, quote, a natural reaction, end of quote. Right, natural. So stop legislating emotion out of one of the most emotional sports that there's ever been. Like, I get that a Moore or a vet like Moore has to know better than that. He does. I get that that guy cannot let himself get caught up in that moment. He knows that. But pretty much all of us know that that is one of the dumbest rules ever. You cannot be serious! And, of course, that penalty bit them in the backside because now the potential game-winning point was pushed back to 48 yards. A PAT to win the game and send the Panthers, who have already given up on the season, into first place in the NFC South. Like, the whole thing is so wild. But you had to make the point after from 48 yards. And, of course, we know what happens next. This will be a 48-yard extra point. The snap, the hole, Pinheiro drives his leg through. The kick is up. And no good. No good. No. No. I mean, how brutal. But, of course, it was no good. Of course it was that brutal. Except not nearly as brutal as the second chance that Pinheiro got to win the game in OT from only 32 yards away. And yes, he shanked the hell out of that one too. The snap, Hecker the hole, Pinheiro, the kick, it's up, and he missed it. Shorter than an extra point. Wow. Oh my gosh. Protection looked great. Hold was there. You never know. You just never know. My swing looks good. It feels good. I like my chances. Hey, listen, I'm not going to kill a guy from missing a 48-yard point after, but maybe you want to hit that kick from 30 yards, 32 yards to win it. And that right there opened up the door for the Falcons to move into sole possession of first place of Bacon 45's division. So I don't want to hear any more of that fail clowns bullcrap. Fail clowns. Because the fail clowns that we're used to never would have won that game even if they did have some help. Wild ending. Listen, a guy should be able to take off his helmet, all right? Dumb rule. He's got to know the rule, but that's a dumb rule. All right, so that probably was the game of the day, but the best individual performance yesterday may have gone down right here in SoCal, where the Niners limped into SoFi 
beat up on both sides of the ball while the Rams allegedly were rolling in fresh off that bye week. And, of course, none of that mattered at all because Ellie got worked in a Rams house completely invaded once again by Niner fan, just like we knew they would. As for San Fran, I mean, they go in there without Debo. No Debo, no problem, because they had Christian McCaffrey, and he did everything. CMC ran one in for six, caught one for six more, and because why the hell not, he also spun a tutty. Backwards pass to McCaffrey, and he's going to throw downfield wide open. Brandon Ayuk, touchdown! San Francisco! He can run, he can catch, Christian McCaffrey can throw! I knew that was coming. Niners radio, he can throw too. Nice little dime. That right there was the first time in 17 years. 17 years that a player threw a TD, ran for a TD, and caught a TD in the same game. That had not happened since our dude, LaDainian Tomlinson, pulled it off in 05. So, I have to throw CMC. Boy, Rit, don't drop the ball on this. Because I'm going to throw CMC a reverse LT for that performance. Man, Ritz having himself a day. The old man's having himself a day. Thank you. So you can, you can also throw Lobster Jr. and John Lynch a reverse LT as well because so far that deal for CMC looks like a very good call. A very good call. Like maybe even a season-saving call. So hit the best game and the best player of Week 8 why don't we flip this thing around now and talk about some of the worst of the worst? Why don't we talk about the worst play of the week? And it came, frankly, is one of the worst plays you're ever going to see. Just as Justin Fields was starting to get a little bit better. Just as Justin Fields was starting to make a little bit of progress. Unfortunately, nobody's going to remember any of his highlights from this game. They're only going to remember that time he hurtled Micah Parsons rather than touching him down. And then Micah promptly got up and ran in for the touchdown that iced that game. He dumps it short to the 25. Still moving Montgomery. Fumble the ball. Micah Parsons is on the ball. And he's still still alive. He's still running. He's still moving with the ball to the 10, to the goal line. Parsons recovered a fumble and brought it all the way back. No one touched him down, Brad. There was a Bears offensive player who actually jumped over Micah Parsons when Parsons was on the ground with the ball, and I don't think he made contact. Cowboys radio. There was, quote, a Bears offensive player that jumped over Micah. I don't think he touched him right. It was the quarterback. Just jump right over him. I mean, nice vert, bro. Good vert. Nice athleticism. Next time, touch the dude down so he can't get up and house it. I mean, Bears fans just simply cannot have nice things, right? Remember last week, the hood man himself gave this dissertation on how great they were. Then they went out on Monday night in prime time with the entire nation watching and all of their peers too, and they humiliate the hood man and his quarterback on national TV. So, of course, six days later, they get curb stomped by the Cowboys, and all anyone is talking about is the terrible play by their quarterback. But that will happen when you make one of the dumber plays ever. 
Again, Fields is making progress. And as we know, he has no help up front. He's got no help on the outside. He's got no help at all, period, right? But my man, (laughs) easier for me to take up for you when you help yourself and not turn that into some kind of Olympic hurdling event. No one's going to remember anything that he did after that. That's just dumb. Dumb. Wow, Rit. On the fly. Like, for Rit, that's amazing. That's like Hall of Fame stuff for Rit. Like, I don't know where he pulled that from. Anyway, it, it was dumb. It was a dumb play, but maybe not even as dumb as some of the smack postgame coming from Segway. Jair Alexander last night. And by the way, Mafia, how we living? Aside from the fact that you couldn't cover for me and I would have had an amazing weekend. Yes, I did hit them off of the show. I don't think that's part of the podcast. You know, when James Kelly and I do Jim Rome's Big Head Bets, I hit everything that I say on the podcast, but we don't do every game on the podcast. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we skipped that one. So I hit that on my own. Bills minus 11. Anyway, Mafia... You probably didn't play the game, or maybe you did, but how we living? How we living? How's that latest victory Monday hangover? I bet pretty damn good. Pretty damn good, kind of like that Stephon Diggs, Jair Alexander beef. These two were all over each other before the game, during the game, and then after Buffalo got done smashing the pack, Diggs put a punctuation mark on all of that talk. It wasn't like something I anticipated him I don't know, doing the that he did. I didn't anticipate that. Well, I, I don't know who started it. I finished it. <laughs> I got a one. I got the win. He's right. He's right. Like, I don't even know who started it. I don't remember who started it. I just know that I finished it. I got the win. Quote, the bleep that he I did. I got the win. I didn't anticipate that. I don't give an F who started it. I finished it. End of quote. So that's some really good stuff right there. Essentially, why is that so good? Because it's the oldest take I've ever heard. Scoreboard. Look up at it. That's still the greatest smack you could ever run. You know, it might not be the straightest fire ever, but it's still the best smack ever. Scoreboard. Look up at it. And, of course, you mess around on Stephon Diggs and any of the Bills, you're going to find out. But if you're wondering what Jair said before the game, he was also very open about that exchange and probably... A little bit too open. Ah man, I was just keeping it real with him. Told him he couldn't mess with me here, little boy. That's that's all that was. Just being honest, you feel me? That's all I can do. He said he didn't know who started it, but he said he finished it. Mm. What's your reaction? I don't know what he mean by that. I need more clarification. Do you know who started? No, I don't either. I finished it. Yeah, I don't know about that, Jair. Actually, I I do know about that, Jair. That's all wrong. I like Jair a lot. I really do. Always have. However, my man, I think you need some help on this one. What Stefan means is y'all lost. Like, again, scoreboard. Look up at it. You lost the game. You really were never in that game. He got his. He had 108 yards and a touchdown. And Buffalo got the dub. So it doesn't really matter who was covering whom. It doesn't matter who said what. Jerry, Jerry, you ran your smack. You ran your smack, and then you got your asses handed to you. You can't say, I finished it, because you didn't finish it. You lost. 
You lost the game. You lost the smack battle. You just lost. Like, again, I really like this guy. Always have. Always will. I really like him. I just really wish he had not gone there. Because clearly, Stephon Diggs is no, quote, little boy. He hit him with that. You're a little boy. Diggs is such a grown-ass man, he could even pull off rolling into the facility all decked out in a costume today and still look like a grown-ass man. That's like the one guy that I would probably forgive that of. Now, you clones, on the other hand, don't do it. Do not attempt that. Because rolling into work in costume will make you look like a little boy or girl. I'm saying you look like a child. And you know why? Because today is for children. Loser. I mean, if you're going to get dressed up and go to work, why not just get yourself a big-ass grocery bag, stay in costume, and go banging on doors and get your candy, too? You're an idiot. When work's over. You're a I, I really don't see a difference. And no, I, I'm not your wet blanket. I'm not your cooler. It's just, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. All right, so that's part of the NFL whip around. You know I can never get to the entire thing in the open. Just some of my favorite things. Also today, well, that Michigan State, Michigan brouhaha in the tunnel afterwards was ugly. Ugly, ugly. And I want to get into that. I mean, it's one thing to have PB. Stop it, Rit. It's one thing to have PB and Jay Sandoz flying. It's another to have guys weaponizing their helmets. That was really bad. Really bad. The lane train v. Thin Skin. I feel a little more upbeat about that. Hey, Philly fan, I've not forgotten you. 7-0 and and A.J. Brown had himself a day. I want to talk about the Jets. I want to talk about the Jags and Broncos. I've got lots to cover. Once again, telephone number is toll free. 1-800-636-8686. If you want to react, go right ahead. I'll give you this. Dear Alvin, that is a freaking incredible Eisenhower costume. You look just like him. Sign G off and Lincoln. High volume shooter. Hey, G off. Not bad, Jeff. I've Jeff that guy twice in the last two weeks. It's it's a miracle. Not bad. Not bad at all. I asked the Mafia, how you feeling? How's Victory Hangover? How's Victory Monday? This guy's in. And Malkin 14, quote, Victory Hangover is awesome. Started tailgating at 10 a.m. And now rocking Pedialyte at my desk today. Hashtag Go Bills. Hashtag Bills Mafia. I love that. That is so awesome. That is going hard, yo. They started at 10 o'clock in the morning for the primetime Sunday night game. And this dude admitted, I'm at my desk right now rocking Pedialyte and this show. I love it. That a boy, Kev. You earned it. Well, they earned it. And you're the beneficiary. Clones, what do we want?
when we're craving protein or we need more energy. Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? You know what? Some awesome action on the phones. I like that, and there should be. Coming off the weekend that we're coming off of in the NFL, in the college ranks, Lakers won last night. You got a World Series. There is that. There should be good action on the phones. And there is. I like it. Toll free, one 636 8686. I'm efforting Jordan Schultz right now, Najee Harris at 1040. I'm on West Coast time. So both those interviews coming up this hour as I'm looking for my guest, rather than start hour number two with a new topic, because we have such good phone action, why don't we do that? Let's go back to Sacramento. Travis in Sacramento. Travis, what's up? How are you? Oh, I'm just amazing, you know, just watching uh, the Raiders just uh, spoil everybody's fun and uh, dupe everybody. They were favors to win for the next seven weeks, and uh, they. Uh, I'm going to Halloween tonight. You said not to uh, wear a costume. I'm wearing a paper bag on the head tonight, walking my daughter around. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't deal with it. Blow the team up, maybe get Rodgers out because he's pissed in Green Bay, put Devontae back with him. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah, I hear you. Somehow I knew when that guy got on and said, oh, I'm awesome. I knew that he was anything but awesome. I knew that he was the opposite of awesome. You could hear it. And then right away I knew he was a Raider fan. If you're going to sound like that, then I'm guessing your favorite team is the Raiders. Hey, listen. You remember how excited I was for this season. You remember how hyped I was when Josh McDaniels came on this program. And we got caught up because he was always a longtime jungle guy. And he waited. You know, he got that job. He was not ready for that job with Denver. He admitted as much. He started 6-0. and That only empowered him even more. And then failed miserably. Got back in line. Ultimately goes back to New England. Coordinates that offense. Rebuilds himself. His reputation. And he was always extremely well thought of as an offensive genius. Then you have that problem in Indianapolis where he took the job and then he backed out. And I thought that might really, really hurt him. But then he got another opportunity and he earned it. And he gets it with the Raiders and I love the way he shows up. I love the way he sounds. I like what he's trying to build. I love the offseason they had. They got Devontae Adams. I mean, there were so many reasons to be so excited and so pumped up about the Raiders. And now look at him. They're as disappointing as any team not named Denver. I mean, I can't believe what I saw from them yesterday. And never mind that I took them. That's all right. I still won the weekend. But I'm talking about the bottom line. How the hell do you get shut out by the Saints? Shut out 
by the Saints, who were having all sorts of trouble getting off the field defensively for weeks. I have never seen the Raiders look worse. There's not one thing that I could point to, especially offensively, and that doesn't speak well for my guy Josh, that I can point to offensively and say, that's a good thing, that's a positive, that's what you can build around. 183 total yards. Garbage. They just look flat. They look disinterested. They look like they want to be anywhere but there. There is no way in hell the Raiders should be 2-5. and five. No chance. So th- this is a really, really disappointing season for them. In fact, Josh McDaniels, who won his first six games as a head coach back in 09, just 7-22 and 22 since then. I mean, Carr was supposed to benefit from this. Carr was supposed to benefit from Devontae Adams coming in. And yet it's all worse. They're worse this year than they were last year. Much worse. So I'm not saying you fire this guy. I'm not saying they're dead in the water. I'm saying they're really disappointing. And if I'm you, Raider fan, I'd be pissed too. I'd be angry too. I'd be walking around with a bag over your head too. I'm not talking to you off that point. They've been really disappointed. Really disappointing. 1-800-636-8686. I mean, literally, watching that game, I could not believe what I was seeing. Who else wants in? I'm efforting a guest right now. Yeah, maybe we don't bury the hood every time he loses. He came back. I, I did say on our podcast, I did say, and I did take the Jets over the weekend, I said, just as long as they don't need Zach Wilson to win that game, they'll be fine. Just keep doing what you're doing, Jets. Keep doing what you're doing. D up, run the ball. I know you lost Brees, but D up, run the ball. Don't ask too much of your quarterback. And most of all, do not look for this guy to win you that game because that's not going to happen. And what happened? They needed him, and he couldn't get it done. J-E-T-S, mess, mess, mess. But I'm not bitter. I still won the weekend. I just should have dominated the weekend. Let's go to Los Angeles. This guy happens to have a golden ticket. It happens to be Matt in L.A. Hey, Matt, what's up, dude? Romy Rome. Hey, yeah, what a car wreck yesterday. And I'll get back to that. I wanted to share a moment that happened Friday totally organically. I was working in Dodger Jano's hometown of Long Beach on the docks, one of my other gigs. And uh, out of nowhere, you know, we're driving around the yard. Clerk comes over the CB radios and says, all right, guys, we're going to be pulling cargo out of row F. That's row F as in fat like the Gundy drop you hear on the Jim Rome show. So the jungle is alive and well in L.A., my friend. And uh, so let's get back to the reason that I did call Pimp that piss-poor performance yesterday by my Raiders. I mean, you talk about a pathetic showing in the Big Easy. That old line can't block a computer virus, much less the likes of Cam Jordan and a Saints D that actually showed up yesterday. And we were making Taysom Hill and the Red Rocket look like a freaking Hall of Fame tandem yesterday. It's pathetic. Hey, uh, Joshy Mack, you need to get back to the drawing board. You no longer have Belichick, his gerbil son, and Fat Matt Pat to lean on. So 
you better get this ship righted quick. Raider Nation ain't going to stand for it. That's all I got for you, Jim. We're irate Craig dressing up as Sir Irae Craigington in an aluminum can suit of armor. War DA and his mammoth mouth dressing up as a pelican with that huge gullet and storing a bunch of fish in it. Outro. <laughs> Dressing up as a seagull with his massive gullet and having a bunch of fish in it? Damn. And did you just gerbil Belichick's son? Matt, you're all over the place. All right. With that in mind, as promised, we're joined right now by an NFL and NBA analyst for The Score. He also happens to be an Oscar Award winner. You can find him on TikTok at Real Jordan Schultz. Jordan Schultz is my guest. Jordan, good to have you back. How are you? On TikTok at Oh, okay. Things are about to get interesting. So we've been trying to zoom lately and we've had a lot of success with it. But but I just heard myself 10 seconds after I said myself. So I'm gonna try it one more time. Hey Jordan, sorry about that. Can you hear me? I got you, big dog. There you go. All right, listen. Good to have you back. Let me ask you first about Philadelphia. They pounded the Steelers to remain the last undefeated team in the league at 7-0. If you compare Philly and Buffalo, which team do you think right now is more complete? Which team do you think is the best team in the NFL right now? I think they're both really, really good. In terms of more complete, I would say the Bills have a slight edge. I think not only is the quarterback playing at an elite level for both teams, and both teams' defenses have been awesome, but to me, the Bills, if you're down 17-3 in the third quarter, the Bills are still a little bit more conducive to come back. And the reason I say that is because Philly, and this has been really effective for them, has been running the ball at a great clip. Buffalo is, is trying to find that balance, but they have that quick strike ability, less of these 10 play drives. And I love the Eagles. I was all in on them before the season. I'm all, all in on them now. I think Jalen Hurts is a bona fide MVP candidate. But in terms of most complete, I would say the Bills have a slight edge. I think that's fair. Jordan Schultz is joining us. I love Philadelphia, too. I love them on both sides of the ball. I love the way they're playing. I think, though, you're right. The Bills are so explosive. What about the Cowboys? Let's keep it in the NFC East for a minute. They nearly, Jordan, hung a half a hundred on the Bears. They beat Chicago 42-29, and they did it despite Ezekiel Elliott missing that game with a knee injury. With Dak Prescott back, Pollard running the ball with the kind of authority he is, the defense that they have, can you put the Cowboys in the Super Bowl conversation? Do they have that kind of upside? I think they do. Now, a lot of that is the defense. You know, when you... When you ask around the league, about Philly as well, by the way, you hear about a couple of defenses that come to mind as really complete on all three levels. You know, the Eagles are one of them. Dallas is another. And I think Dan Quinn has just done a tremendous job. You know, when he took over in 2021, Jim, they had just come off the worst season from a defensive standpoint in Cowboys history. They had given up more points than ever before. Now you think about how Dan Quinn has put his footprint on this defense. Diggs, Parsons, Lawrence, all the corners. They lost Jordan Lewis, but they're still finding ways to get around the football and create turnovers. Now, the Bears, to me, are 
an interesting case because on paper you say, how do they allow Chicago to get 29? But Fields is actually starting to play really well. So I look at the, at the Cowboys and I say, now that Dak is back, a few more weeks, and suddenly you can see Dallas being in that conversation. Now, they're not as explosive as Philly or Buffalo or Kansas City, but they are a dangerous team. And I got to give Mike McCarthy a lot of credit. I've been critical of him, Jim. I don't know where you stand on him. But for him to keep this team at 4-1, and one, basically, without Cooper, with Cooper Rush and without Dak Prescott is pretty damn impressive. To answer the question, Jordan, I don't say very positive things about Mike McCarthy very often, if ever. But they are right there. I like them. I think they are a force. I'm not sure that they're elite, like top three in the league, but I think they're dangerous, and I think they're going to get better. What about Jordan the Rams? They dropped a three and four, so we're well past that whole Super Bowl hangover stage. Their problems are pretty well chronicled. Is there anything they can do at the trade deadline to resuscitate their season or turn it around? I reported last week. I know they were trying to find a way to maybe get Brandon Cooks, the receiver from the Texans, who has six 1,000-yard years in nine seasons. But you think about the Rams as a whole, Jim, from a philosophical standpoint, from an overall perspective, adding a wide receiver or adding a pass rusher, it's not going to fix what the problem is. You, you have a quarterback in Matthew Stafford who had himself a very good Super Bowl. We, we felt like, okay, the Rams had their guy. But if you actually look at the numbers this year and last year, He's led the league in interceptions, and he's not been healthy. I asked the scout to basically walk me through what's going on with Stafford. And obviously, they have had some pass rush or pass problems from an offensive line standpoint. You see Whitworth there. He retired. That hasn't helped a left tackle. But that shoulder, that elbow, I should say, has not been healthy or even close to it. And he was saying that he sees in a guy at Stafford that at this age in his career, he's not pushing the ball vertically. He's not able to get that extra oomph on that ball that he normally does as someone who has such great arm talent. So you consider that and the fact that the defense probably hasn't played quite up to quite up to par. And now you all of a sudden have a team that is more than just a Super Bowl hangover. Jordan Schultz is joining us. Jordan, so tonight you've got the Bengals and Browns, and I know that you've been tracking this as well. The Bengals did not get off to a good start, then all of a sudden they start to look like themselves. They're 4-3, and three, but then Jamar Chase goes down. How brutal a blow is that for them, and how do you think that's going to play out? How long do you expect him to be out? Yeah, I reported this last week. He was never going to – he was not going on IR, and he's not going on IR in terms of the next four weeks, six weeks. So that's the good news. Basically, I think if you th think about the Bengals, I, I believe they're going to be able to hang in there, maybe go two and two without him, because they still have T. Higgins, they still have Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon's terrific, and obviously the quarterback Joe Burrow is playing over the last couple weeks like an All-Pro again. We 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 finally have seen the Joe Burrow that we wanted to. So I look at Chase and I think, yeah, he's one of the best. He is arguably the best receiver in the league, and that's a killer blow. But all they need to do, Jim. Is going is go two and two. The schedule's not horrible. I think they'll be just fine. Chase hopefully comes back in that kind of week twelve range, and I'll keep you posted on that. I know they'll they'll you know they'll keep checking in on a week to week basis. But as for the Bengals, I, I still think they're okay. Like, do you look at that division, Jim, and say, oh, I'm so scared? You know, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, probably not. And as a result, they're going to be able to be just just 
winning enough games in the meantime. Jordan Schultz is joining us. All right, Jordan, what about the Giants? They were the biggest surprise team with that 6-1 and start, but Seattle got them yesterday. Geno Smith had another solid game, a couple of TDs. He continues to impress. Are you buying Seattle? Yeah. How much are you buying Seattle? I'm buying them. And I got my Seahawks helmet. You know, I'm a Seattle kid. So for me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I always kind of selfishly root for them just because I want to see the hometown team do well. I spent some time with Geno Smith and DK Metcalf um, over the weekend because I was actually in Seattle on Friday and I stayed for the game. And I asked them, like, what's the biggest difference, right? I mean, forget Russ for a second, but what's been the biggest difference from last year to this season? And really what it comes down to is, Gino has been not only playing at an all-pro or Pro Bowl caliber level, Jim, but his checks, his preparation, his confidence, and his relationship with Pete Carroll and the OC, Sean Waldron, to have the autonomy to make those changes at the line of scrimmage. Knowing how well prepared he is, that's been a massive difference for the offense. And then from a defensive standpoint, Jim, they might be the third time ever, third team ever, to have both the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Tariq Woolen, the fifth rounder out of UTSA, the corner, who's a monster. And they also draft Kenneth Walker, the Michigan State running back, who just two years ago was at Wake Forest splitting carries, goes to Michigan State, wins the Doak Walker, wins the Walter Camp, and now is a legitimate MVP, or I should say actually an MVP ahead of myself, a legitimate offensive rookie of the year candidate. So they have two. They have been unbelievable on both sides of the ball, especially defensively over the last two weeks. They're really starting to understand how to, uh, how to make plays defensively in terms of playing on a string and playing their zone principles. So I have been blown away, and I think they are a real, the real deal. Jordan Schultz, my guest. All right, so one last thought. You being a Seattle guy, and as you just mentioned, Jordan, you spent some time with these guys. I'm not looking for you to betray them in any way and have you tell me what they said about Russ, if anything at all. But I'm curious, as you watch Russ, all right, so he gets on the plane, he goes to London, they find a way to get it done, they just do beat Jacksonville, and then Russ is, you know, frankly, Captain Cringe once again afterwards. What are your thoughts watching Russ? Like, has Russ turned up his cringe level, or has he always been this guy? I was trying to do high knees for you, Jim, to show you, hey, this guy is different. You know, when I um, I actually have asked guys on both, uh, not only on the Seahawks, but across the league about Russ. And I think there is a misperception about him. Like, if you ask Seahawks players about Russ doing high knees, they're not surprised. Like, they're like, that's that's who Russ is. He'll do high knees on the plane. But if you ask other people around the league, especially players, they're like, you know, the it's, it's one thing to do these, these types of uh, gaps when you're winning and you're an MVP candidate, but the second you start to go downhill and you still have that same personality that you mentioned is cringeworthy, which I completely agree, then you start to see the criticism really come out because it no longer works. So, for example, we talk about let's ride. You know, he has that interview after the game. He, he just looks you, – you don't necessarily consider – a winning player to be doing that or a, something that's losing to be doing these things. And the type of season they've had, I put a lot of it on Nathaniel Hackett, the, the head coach, but also I don't think Russ has been healthy. And then if we go back to last year, last point I'll make Jim is he did not play great football. You know, he was hurt. He played through it, but he was not playing at an, at an elite level. So I look at Russell Wilson and I think I'm not going to write him off completely because I think he's a hall of famer, but there's no qu question about it, Jim. He's not the player he was five years ago. If you go back to when he was playing great football and they were winning, he was running for five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred yards 
a season. He's not doing any doing that anymore. And then you see here just the the incomplete, or I should say, the lack of accuracy. You know, it's it's one thing to be under sixty percent, but it's another when you're not taking chances down the field and you're missing on those chances when you are. So. I, I am very concerned about the Broncos. I'm concerned about Hackett. I'm concerned about Russ. I wouldn't go over the top and say he's done. He's only 34 years old, 33, but I am very concerned. Yeah, I'm not going to say he's done yet, but I'm going to say this. There's no way in hell they get a return on that investment. Not a chance, but he's not done yet. He is an 200, NFL. 244, yeah, 240 million, all those picks. I think, Jim... The time has come to say that probably was not a great trade. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't, I don't think that makes either you or I hot take artists to say that was a terrible trade and great for Seattle. He is an NFL and NBA analyst for The Score. You can find him on TikTok at Real Jordan Schultz. Jordan, thanks so much. Great to have you back. Again, so my thing is, is this what cringe looks like and has always looked like? And is this who Russ has always been? Or is he doubling down on it right now, maybe to draw our attention away? Or is he just a big old troll? giving us what we want. Like, he has to know, right, how much heat he's taken. My thought is, this is just who this guy is. This is who he is. And this is the way he's always been. And, yeah, when you're winning lots of games, people don't care much about it. But when you're losing and forcing it in and reporters doing interviews with you after the game have to stifle their laughter, that's cringeworthy. Broncos country, let's ride. Like, why do you have to say that? Because it's Russ. I don't think that he's physically capable of not saying that. I mean, wouldn't you dial that back a little bit? The way things are going right now. But I don't think that he thinks there's anything wrong with it. I think that's just who he is. But I'm going to see y'all in the morning. When we get back from London. But I'll tell you what, Russ. Credit to you, you got it done. It's a damn good thing you did, my man. Because if you go over there and Jacksonville does you and you lose another game, that might have even cost your head coach his job. Dig? you imagine Hackett getting fired before Pervin Liar? Incredible. We so they all bought themselves a little bit of time. <laughs> Attention small business owners with 5 to 500 employees. Have you heard of the employee retention credit? You may have overpaid on your payroll taxes. To date, Omega Accounting Solutions has recovered over $400 million in ERC cash for small businesses disrupted or shut down during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's up to $26,000 per employee for a free ERC evaluation to see if you do qualify. Call Omega Accounting solutions at 800-704-2000 or go to omegataxcredits.com if you are joining us late something i do every single monday at the top of the program and i know not all of you drop in for that i do my monday morning whip around where i give you my thoughts on the biggest things that happened the prior weekend in the nfl already did that not going to reset that but i can never get to everything i want to get to in that open on monday so i just kind of spread it out as an example I want to talk some more about Philadelphia. We've talked about the Eagles. They are undefeated. They're legit. They're the real deal. I love all three phases of their game. I think Jalen Hurts has taken the next step. I think the guy is going to be a legitimate, legitimate factor. And they're Super Bowl worthy. I'm not saying they're the ones to beat. I still think top to bottom, Buffalo is the most complete team. But I love Philly. Love them. And one of the reasons I love them is the decision they made to trade for A.J. Brown. This past offseason. Maybe he didn't get off to the best start, but he is balling now. In fact, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that they've already won that trade with Tennessee. They've already won it. 
And yes, I'm well aware that they gave up a first and a third for this cat. But right now, this cat is playing like he's worth an entire draft class. Did you see what he did yesterday? Hell, they may have won that trade based on yesterday alone. Because the Eagles decided to go with the greatest game plan ever in, quote, throw that mother bleeper to number 11. End of quote. Not my words. That's exactly what Lane Johnson said. Lane Johnson said that to NBC Sports Philly. I mean, seriously, that's what the big fella said the team needed to do against that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And then Jalen Hurts did exactly that. He took that mother bleeper. He found number 11 early and often. Hurts takes it. He fakes. He's back. He is going deep for A.J. Brown, who leaps, comes down with the football. It's a touchdown. Hurts takes the snap. He's back. He lets it fly. He is going deep, and it is caught for a touchdown, A.J. Brown. Touchdown number two on the day. You cannot throw a football better than that. I mean, it was perfect. Hurts looks, fakes, still looking. He is going deep down the far side, and it is A.J. Brown again. Another touchdown, 29 yards. Boom. Eagles Radio, this guy is a stud. He is a stud. Six receptions, 156 yards, and not one, not two, but three TDs, four Brown, all in the first half of that beatdown of Pittsburgh, 35-13. And while I am not a D coordinator, my man straight fire, Mike Tomlin, he knows about defenses. I don't know, dude. That game plan of trying to play man against this guy, not straight fire. In fact, he made it look like straight garbage. Garbage. Philly is now 7-0. They're the only unbeaten team in the NFL. And Brown became the first Eagle to have 150 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns since. Guess who? Who was the last Eagle to do that? Jason Avant? The greatest eagle ever? Nope. T.O.? Nope. Harold Carmichael? Nope. Mike Quick? Nope. Kevin Curtis did it 15 years ago. You know, fellow Snow College of Utah alum Kevin Curtis, like the great Josh Heupel, who I had on the show last week. And what did Tennessee do? They went out and they handled their business again. Setting up a showdown. We'll get to that later on. But just know this. If you're doing things and people are bringing you up and comparing you to the great Kevin Curtis, you know you're doing something great. So good. So good that the old drug, drug, drug testers were banging on AJ's door first thing this morning, apparently. That's how you know you had a game. If you wake up to a drug tester, you know you had a game. If you wake up to some nerdy-looking guy or gal with a plastic cup at your doorfront or your doorway, you know you had a game. He tweeted, quote, I would have a drug test this morning, huh? L-O-L. Roger, this is not random, at NFL. That is so great. He tweeted at, quote, Roger with multiple R's and included at NFL. 
That's what happens, big dog. You ball like that, you bet your ass they're showing up for a drug test the next morning. You know it. Hell, they even do it to me sometimes. If I have a really good show, I wake up the next morning, I'm like, uh, excuse me, who are you? What are you doing here? It's time for your drug test, Mr. Rome. Pee in the cup, Rome. You got a couple of great rants yesterday. We just want to see if maybe you had a little bit of help. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me. Anyway, AJ, my guy, don't get too upset. You play Houston next week. All right? Wait until you see how many drug, drug, drug testers Roger will be sending after you turn them inside out. If that's what you did yesterday, imagine what you'll do next week. And besides, man, they're just jealous. They're just jealous. And it's because to steal another teammate's words, big play Darius Slay, you not only can ball, but you look like your former Ole Miss teammate, DK, a GD action figure yourself. It's a damn action figure. That's what Slay said about him. He's a GD action figure. It's a damn action figure. He is too, man. That is a big physical dude. It's funny, right? Like, how often do you play as well as you look? Not always, but that's been A.J. Brown in 2022. My man looks like a million. Actually, several million. In fact, put a B on it. This dude looks like a billion, and he plays like it too. I'm just stating the facts. You know, personal appearance is not show fodder, but dude is yoked to the nines. And he plays as strong as he looks. He plays as well as he looks. He's averaging just under 17 yards per catch right now. And he and his BFF, Jalen, are living their best lives together in Philly. Hell, all of Philly is living their best lives right now. The Eagles are 7-0. The Phillies got their split in Houston against the Astros. Like, Philly fan, number one, where are you? I, I need you to be in market on topic. If not now, then when, Philly fan? If not now, then when? What are you waiting for? Call me. Let me know how it feels to be you. You are hosting a World Series game tonight. You do have an undefeated team in the NFL. Philly fan, let me ask you this. How incredible would it be to win another world championship? Given how long you had to wait for the last one, how incredible would it be to win another? And then... How good would it be to win two in the same season? That could happen. Do that. And I think I will be right there in the streets with you, slamming horse crap sandos and shimmying up Crisco'd light posts, whether you want me there or not. I'm not waiting for the invite. Because even from some 2,500, 3,000 miles away, I'm kind of awed by what I'm seeing from y'all. I'm all about you. I'm about you. I'm about your town. I'm about the Eagles. I'm about the Phillies. And I'm about how you all like to get down. I'm telling you. Hey, one side note, too. Remember when I said a little bit earlier, can somebody smarter than me explain to me how the Vikings are 6-1? and one? I will once again ask, can somebody smarter than me explain this to me? Maybe you can help me figure this out. Because I'm still trying to figure out how that 2018... 2018 Ole Miss team with AJ, DK, and even Dawson Knox didn't even play 500 ball. How the hell is that possible? All those guys running on the same team, and they weren't even 500. 
Hey, Philly fan, where are you? I mean, it's never been better than it is right now. Where are you? When Jiminy Cricket was down, did you count him out? Hell no. 1-800-636-8686. Jason Vaughn is the man. Always will be. Let me uh, get caught up on a few things. Here's something from Matt in L.A. Quote, Maddie used to work on the docks. First of all, I think he said that he still works on the docks. He said in Dodger Jano's hometown. He writes, Maddie used to work on the docks. Whoa, we're halfway there. <laughs> Am I supposed to sing this like that? If Alvy were here, he'd put it up right away. Rit, do you have this in you? Let's try it again. Maddie used to work on the docks. Hit it, Rit. I can't do it, man. He's got, whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, plumbing on a prayer. Take my plunger. We'll unclog it, I swear. Whoa, plumbing on a prayer. Actually, I might be able to do that. Maddie used to work on the docks. Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, plumbing on a prayer. Take my plunger. We'll unclog it, I swear. Whoa, plumbing on a prayer. Way to go, Chad. That's how you do it. See, Parody Lawrence, if you could work stuff like that into any of your parodies, you'd get on the air all the time. I mean, th- that was so good that I even sung on the air. You know, people have fears. Fears of public speaking. Fears of being naked in public. Fears of singing in public. I literally just sang somebody else's song on the air in front of millions of people. I did. I did. Brian and Sam Pedro, quote, F them Twix. F, F them Twix. Twix signed Rit tonight, sitting on his living room floor, going through his candy after trick or treating. It's incredible, the F candy wars. The people Jelly get that worked up. Suck. Hey, Rit, you're a big candy guy. What do you come out on Twix? He says average at best. I don't mind a Twix bar. I would never F them Twix. I mean, I see what you did there, F Brian. Them picks. Tan Smack. I would like to congratulate Alvin for finally biting the bullet and getting snipped today and doing it on Halloween so he'll never forget the date. I like that call. Signed Allen in Manitoba, except that's that not what he's doing. That's, it, trust me. If that dude was going to get cut, it would have happened a long time ago. A long time ago. People are into that sort of thing. I can't judge. What? Having kids every year? That, that kind of thing, Alvin? Are, are they in that kind of thing? Every time he needs a day off, I'm like, okay, dude, just shoot me straight. If this is a day for procreation, just let me know right now so I can factor in the nine weeks you're going to take off soon. Are we good? Procreation day. Some get personal days. Alvin gets procreation days, which he later turns into nine weeks. Because, you know, he, quote, you want to talk about doing the math. This is the kind of math that Alvin does. All right, dude, let me think. If Mill and I procreate today, 
That means I get nine weeks off in less than a year. But I am responsible for that child for 18 years. Is 18 years worth nine weeks away from Rome? I think it is. And besides, we love kids. So yes, go time, Mill. Now, I don't really know where he is today. I don't ask. Alvin, Alvin is so good at his gig that he just kind of lets me know when he doesn't want to come in. And I really can't do much about it. Hence, Rit. Alvin is not judged, though. That's not right. He's deaf. I don't know why we have him. He said it himself. I don't judge. I don't judge. Ding. 1-800-636-8686. Here's one for you. She better not be listening. Dodger Jano, really quickly, cannot stop with the phone. Anytime any picture comes up from back in the day when the kids were little, it comes to me. And I've, I've said so many times, DJ, please, 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 please don't send me that stuff. It actually is kind of sad to me because time is moving so fast. I'm trying to be present. I'm trying to slow everything down. Please stop. But she can't. So there's a picture of me and Logan, Rogan Loam. So Rogan Loam, remember now, is 17. Logan's maybe 6'1". He can't maintain weight. He's constantly, it's quote, bulk season pop. I get that a lot. It's bulk season pop. So he's trying to keep weight. She's got this picture of me and him in some boat somewhere at some amusement park. And I said, check me out. Look at the military cut I used to rock. I go, look at the mullet you had on that kid. Janet's response was, and I quote, ha, mullet is funny, and you were really thin. Oh, these pants make me look fat. Fat? Fat? I, I literally cannot stop her from sending those pics. There it is. Military cut Van Smack and the kid with a mullet. Hey, I don't know about the rest of you, but Dodger Jano held on as long as she could before she cut their hair. She would not let them have their first haircut. And I'm like, hello, they've got raging mullets. We're taking that down. No, it's so cute. I love their curls. Sweetheart, they're no longer curls. They're full-blown mullets. We're country, yo. At least they look it. You got to cut the kid's hair. He's 12, all right? He needs to have his first haircut. All right, there's your update. What else do we have here? Oh, yeah. That's another update I have for you. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection, the latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help you regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app and see terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. <laughs> ATP, Ask the Pros, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You want to think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs, get guaranteed low prices, and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Brian C. and SP writes, hey, Rome, are you porch light off or on guy for Halloween? You're going to put me on the spot, yo. Well, actually... Neither, in a way. 
course, Dodger Jano is all about that life. Except tonight, Logan's got a baseball game. And I, I hate to say this, but I've been missing more of fall ball games because it's fall ball. It's not like league. It's not school. And they're, they're all important. Believe me, I never miss an inning ever when he plays until recently where I've just had more work and I've had to miss some of the games. And I feel it, it's kind of tearing me up, to be honest with you. I hate it. But I go when I can, as much as I can. But I've missed a few fall ball games because they're not they're, – everything is important. Like, everything matters. Don't get me wrong. But if there's something to miss, it's probably that. So I'll miss that tonight because I have work. And then where does that leave me? I'm the only one in the house. Cody the Ragdoll legend is not going to answer the door. So what do I do? Turn off all the lights? No, I'll probably be lights on guy with a big bucket of candy in front of the house guy. I'll probably be that guy. Wow, dude. Bad attitude much? No, I just have work I have to get done. The work will come first. James Kelly's like, you're not going to give them that ass that's candy corn, are you? Hey, Kelly, shut your mouth. I'm not going to get into this with you over line, online. You got a Comrex. You have something to say to me, use it. And candy corn is good. the, The candy wars I will never understand. Just like I'll never understand how so many of you think candy corn is ass. It's not. It's good. If if I'm into that sort of thing. I'm not a huge candy guy per se, but there are things, certain candies I like. The corn is one of them. Rit. All right, so that's that. If you come to my house, I, I don't know. It depends on what DJ has purchased. If she bought the corn, you'll get the corn. Because the one thing I don't want is that's that crap in the house. It all has to go. You know, Monday, Monday, Monday. Everything must go. The corn, the Milky Ways, everything. I'm here, Jim. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. Is that really you or is that Rit like playing his drops? St. Louis Battle Hawks. See what I mean? What's mm-hmm. up, dude? How you feeling? Good, man. I'm feeling great. Yeah, Voice I bet you better. are. How did, how did you do this weekend? Five and one, dude. No wonder you're doing so well. Yeah. Five and one. Feeling good yeah. about you, right? Yeah, lost by one point in Detroit, but a lot of the clones got four points instead of the three and a half that I got. So they, some of them went six and zero. Oh. Dude, that is a great weekend. So no wonder you're feeling so good about you. It's a winning weekend, no matter what happens tonight. Who do you have tonight? No, 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 no. no. I don't, don't, <laughs> you don't. Me there, yeah. I, I'd save both of us there. Have if they the want picks. our picks, they can go to the podcast. Dude, did you really just dial up right now to take credit for your great weekend or to let me know that candy corn is ass? Dude, candy corn is complete ass, but I was ready for you regardless. Like black licorice, you don't give that to kids. You don't give it to kids? No. You, no. you, you, you were telling me what I should and should not give to kids. <laughs> the, the, great, the great leader of children. That's great, dude. What, yeah. what is your problem with the corn? Are you even oh, a candy guy? Uh, which, what, what kind? Are you even a candy guy? Oh, dude, I love candy. Love candy. You Butter do? fingers, Reese's peanut butter cups, all kinds of stuff. Do you totally gouge people at the car wash for candy? What's the markup on candy at the desk when they go to get their uh, ticket? Yeah, about 25 30%. Do you make normal. more money off of all the bull crap that you sell in that store than the washes themselves? No, we're not good at that. I've always been curious about that because whenever I walk into a car wash, you have the, that store of things that you do not need. Do you make more money off that than the car wash? No. Are you we supposed to? We have plenty of stuff you do not need, but we do not make that much off that stuff, actually. Did, who buys that stuff? You? Do you make the decisions? Yeah, me and my partner. Yeah. Okay. Try everything, man. Just throw it out the wall, see what we got. All right, dude. So you went 5-1 and one with a five chance to go 6-1. and one. They have to go to the pod to get the pick. 
That's it. Download right. it. Go to jimrome.com if you don't know where it's at. Good job, dude. Appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, a case of the corn is on its way to you. Oh. The big head. Sounds a little better, though, than he did during the podcast. He's making you money. Do you hear what he just said? That the one that he did lose, he went 5-1 and one against the spread. Really hard to do. And the one that he lost, he barely lost. But some of you clones got a better spread than he did and went 6-0. and oh. So why would you not listen? Hey, Jim. I recently saw that you retired Gajetta. When racehorses, quote, go to the barn, end of quote, do they still need to work out or do they just do their own thing in the open fields? Keith in Milwaukee wore toughness groove for the next jungle horse name. Actually, that's a really good question. That's a very good question. What happens to retired racehorses? Lots of different things. And it just depends. As an example, Gajetta, and he said he saw that because he saw a post I had on Instagram. And by the way, I also retired her half-brother, straight up G. So they both are now retired. Gajetta is five, and she only ran once this year, just once. She was in Canada with Josie Carroll, who's a Hall of Fame trainer, and she only ran one race because she had some physical problems, and we wanted to make sure that she was right before we asked her to run again. So we were super patient, took our time. She only ran once the entire year, and it was in a grade two stake race, and she came in fourth. And as I put it in the post, she, quote, ran her eyeballs out. Like, I love this horse so much. We bred this horse. We bred her. So it was a really emotional decision, but she's just, she never really overcame the injuries that she had. And I did not want to put her in an auction where somebody else would get her and run her. I want to get her off the track. I want her to have a really good life and the next life. So what we did was we sold her to a prominent owner who is going to brood her or breed her as a brood mare. We could have done that ourselves, but the breeding game is really challenging. It takes a long, 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 long time. I mean, horses are like people. You have a baby. It takes nine months for the horse to carry the baby, which is, quote, a foal. Then they drop the foal, and then you have to wait a minimum, a minimum of two and a half years, and that's if everything is perfect before that horse actually races. So it's a long game unless you have huge numbers and are producing, and we don't do that. We have a very small stable. So, Gajetta goes to another prominent owner who will keep her and breed her to a stallion he owns. And the stallion he owns is a world champion, which is good for our business if they have a baby and she turns out to be a good mama, like her mother, and that's how she will spend her career now. She's retired. So, no, you don't, she does not train. She basically makes babies and lives a good life. Straight up G was only three. And the reason I retired him was he gave us some amazing thrills, won some really big races, but he also had some physical issues. And frankly, I think that his best was behind him and I wanted him to have a good life. And I didn't, this is just me personally. This is as an owner, how I handle the horses. I didn't want to run him for quote a tag or put him in a claiming race and have him bouncing around, you know, at the lower levels of the game when he was running as a stake horse and winning stake races. So we found him a home in Kentucky where he'll have a second career like as a show horse. So he also will get off the track and he'll have a great life. And he was three. So 
kind of emotional the past week that I retired both those horses, but I always want to do what's right for the horse. So they no longer are racehorses. And they're good, and they're fine, and they're going to have great second lives the rest of their lives. And what that finally means to the stable is we kept Gidget Girl. Gidget Girl is pregnant or in full with a baby that will drop early next year. And then we decide what to do. You know, do we keep breeding her? Do we keep the baby? That was a bigger swing. The sire that we bred her to was the biggest sire that we've bred her to yet. So I don't know. We haven't decided yet about that. And I still have some others that are in retirement that they just hang out in the field, in the stall, just live the life. So that was a rather expense, expansive explanation. Sorry about that. But to answer your question, what do they do? It depends. Lots of different things. Some come back as, quote, ponies. Have you seen it at racetracks when horses go to the gate? There's another horse alongside of them. That's a pony. The pony does that to keep the horses calm as they get ready to go into the gate. So some of them have a second career as a pony. Some of them become just horses that you ride, trail horses. And some just hang out. Hi, Jim. Have Sapphire and Cody the Ragdoll Cat ever had to wear Halloween costumes? Thanks. Bella being Calgary. Hell no. We do not dress the cats. We definitely do not dress the cats. Dear Mr. Rome, 2022 made me a clone of 20 years. I have never asked for a damn thing. On behalf of the University of Tennessee, we are efforting the Jungle Carmel. Please get Hypel, Hyatt, Fant, and Hooker. That's Tuesday through Friday. Thanks in advance, bookers. Bleeping love you and the XR4TI. We're being a clone since I was 22. Go Vols. Jungle Carmel. Mike Walker. All right, so my man, we had Josh Heupel on last week. He came on the show last week. We did it. The karma still carries. The karma lives. He came on, and there were lights out over the weekend. And I know you have a big one this week. The biggest one. It just might, as good as the bookers are, it might be pretty tough to turn Heupel, Hyatt, Fant, and Hooker on one week. Especially since we just had Heupel. I'll see what we can do. Vic is still with me. Quote, I'm all about the corn. Signed, Russ, the Danger Witch, Wilson. Broncos country, let's ride. Warhol's cough drops in trick-or-treat bags. Shane Wilson's in. Hey, Jim, did you not know that the party on Bourbon Street never stops? Neither did we. Signed, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Yeah, I don't think that's why that happened. But that is a party, though. I've been to that party. If you've gone, if you've gone to that party, you don't forget that party. I'm not saying that's why they played like that. They did seem hungover, but I don't think that's what that is. Actually, Rit, that was supposed to be before the segment, not after it. But okay. I could see where you'd make that mistake. We've only played that song in the same spot for 30 straight years. My thanks to Jordan Schultz. The XR4TI. Way to step up in Alvin's absence, everybody. Everybody included. Ike ran the board. Cindy jumped in the studio. Chalk, just doing what Chalk does. Killing it. 
the big head trying to make it six and one with tonight's pick. If you want our pick, go to the pod and look for it. See you tomorrow. We're out. All right. So I have used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what is amazing about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin, and it's also quick and easy to use, and it's great for topping up when you're on the go. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48, I said 48, 48-hour sweat and odor protection. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it is so quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. Win, win, win. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel all day. Good night now!